0: Hey, everybody, you've reached the Mayfair podcast. I'm Eric. Hey, this is Josh. It is Tuesday, October 18th, 2022. Oh, man. Almost, well, no, nah, I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to say almost done Halloween month, but you Never. know, like deep into the trenches of Halloween month. And we will be chatting about October 21st through 27th.
1: Right away, Eric, remind me of a story I forgot to tell. So I'm going to get this out of the way before I forget yeah, it again. We both forgot stories. So <laughs> recently, I was working a shift. And something caught my eye on the ground, and it was a little colored piece of paper, super small, half the size of a post-it note. And all it said on it was, you are my person, written in Sharpie. So it caught my attention because a friend of mine has this little photo thread called Found Ottawa. And she puts all kinds of crazy stuff on there, weird stuffed animals or bikes or pieces of art or just random stuff that is found on the ground. So I sent it to her right away. And I was like, I thought of you when I found this. And she said, I'm putting this on my Instagram. The mind wanders because I was just like, okay, was this something that somebody wrote and put in their pocket? Was it something that somebody else wrote and put in a pocket? Does the person know that they dropped it? Does the person know it was on their possession at all? And then there's that always, especially that 1980s rom-com, that fine line between romantic and stalker. Yeah. So we just thought all these things and
0: we don't have the answer. Well, it could have been a cat wrote it for their person and then it was like a nice thing. Also, I don't know how they. she doesn't call it Ground Founds because that's like, a oh yeah, fun that rhymes. It also, it's like when you really break it down, that doesn't really, it's still awkward. It's clunky. But <laughs> yeah. still, yeah, no, that's like, I don't know. I guess it's not creepy. I was going to say it's creepy. I, I think just instinctively, I think everything's creepy. So. Yeah, because we're horror movie fans. Yeah, I'm like, oh boy, that's a clue <laughs> that Josh is going to get killed by some masked guy. Well, it's like even the greatest of 80s
1: and 90s rom-coms, but you think of Say Anything, and that iconic shot of John Cusack holding the boombox over his head, Mm -hmm. playing Peter Gabriel, so romantic. (laughs) Or, if you didn't really like a guy, and that guy was on your front lawn with a boombox over his head, playing a song, and all the neighbors and your parents
0: were looking, that's a weirdo. Yeah, I mean, even, I don't know, like that's a nice iconic scene and everything, but it's also... Again, not creepy, but it's a little much. Yeah. I, I yeah. feel like it would be annoying as hell and not that. Even, I don't know, for the girl, it's like, okay, it's a nice gesture and all, but you're like, all right, this is a, you're doing too much. And I 100% forget. It's been so long. They weren't in high school, right? Oh, man. I don't even remember. I assumed they were, but I just. I think she
1: was a young adult uh, still living at home. Okay.
0: Yeah, I but just, they were like never twenty-two
1: know. or something.
0: Well, but that's not even that weird because then I just think of you know nine hundred two and zero or all these shows where yeah. they're like thirty. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, whatever. I guess you're in high school. I
1: wish I could credit this, but someone did a really funny, intelligent thing of pointing out why Gen Xers have no idea how old anyone is, mm-hmm. and it was because in all these sitcoms and movies and celebrities, it might be like this person was thirty-five. And the other person was fifty-five, and they were both playing forty-year-olds on a sitcom. Yeah. Or these people were all in their thirties and playing teenagers. Or this teenager was playing a thirty-year-old. So our views of what someone looks like is all blurred. And genuinely, I can't tell anyone apart. I'm like, oh, is that person in college? No, they're fifty.
0: Also, people looked older back in the day. Oh, like, for I sure. Think, I don't think that's an exaggeration. Like when you see photos of people today, like people our age, they look like they're like twenty years older than us. Yeah,
1: and I don't know, what what did you call the generation of, <laughs> the first generation of the Frank Sinatra era? Yeah. Like, you see a picture of Frank Sinatra, and you go, oh, he's 55, and he
0: was 25. Yeah. So maybe it's because they all smoked four packs a day. That can't help. Well, and plus the food is, you know, I got to think a lot of that food was not so great, you know, yeah. not stringent laws about that. <laughs> So there's that, but you know, we look good, I guess. I mean, that's, I guess that's what I'm getting at now is, you know. Oh
1: yeah. 50 used to be <laughs>
0: 90 and now 50 is just, oh, you're not that old. I also think you and I in particular look younger because we don't have kids. That so probably helps. Yeah. A little more <laughs> sleep, a little less stress, a little more disposable income, <laughs> Yeah, all that.
1: But anyhow, yeah. So I was waiting for after she posted her Instagram picture that somebody might chirp up and be like, oh, my husband does that. It's a cute thing, but... We haven't heard anything. We'll probably never hear anything.
0: It's a mystery for the Mayfair ages. Yeah. That we almost forgot forever. Yeah. And then mine was when we were for Thanksgiving, we were going to see my wife's, not in-laws, but just various family type people. And uh, you know, really nice time. It was all good. But then on our way home, I kind of got obsessed with getting a coffee because I just, I don't know, it was at that time of day and I had like one or two drinks, but I was just like, ah, I'm a little not alert. Like, I get a coffee. But then I didn't know where we were and it's Thanksgiving Sunday or whatever it was. So we're just kind of driving around wherever we were. And I'm like Googling anything. I'm like, I didn't really want to Tim Hortons, you know, not to be bougie or whatever, but I'm like, Oh, just, you know, maybe we can find an independent place. So we go to this one place it's called like the ice cream shop or something like that. But apparently their coffee is good. So I'm just trying to GPS it. She's driving. I'm not I'm trying to not upset her. I'm just like trying to get make this as quick as possible. And so we take a turn, get there, and it was closed. Google says it's not closed, but then it's like a Thanksgiving trickery, you know? Yeah. So we get out and I'm like, all right, damn it, and I look across the street and there's an old time theater. And I was like, what? And I just, it'd be the same with you. I think like, I just like, I grabbed my heart and I just stumbled (laughs) a little, this isn't a trick, right? I was like, this isn't some store with a marquee or whatever. I'm like, sweetie, I still want a copy, but can we stop for two minutes and I can run across the street? And so I took a picture of it, went up and they had a heritage plaque. It's called the Aaron Theater, A-R-O-N in uh, Campbellford. I believe it was just this small town. We literally, we were going straight Took a right just to get this coffee. Should not have found this place. Basically, there's no reason. It's three hours away from Ottawa. You know, it's a 75 year old theater. It wasn't open at the time, unfortunately. It was like kind of like us. They were playing some Tiff stuff, playing some, you know, newer stuff. They were about to play Bros. You know, so like there's a nice mix of artists and shows. And I don't know if they do plays as well. I'm not sure, but it was just one of those things where I like. I almost wanted to cry. Like it was just so beautiful and seeing it. Like I was like 75. 75 years this year. I'm pretty sure. So I to give a shout out to the Aaron Theater. Totally random. Shouldn't have found it. But if anyone was going to find it, it would be me, apparently. Those places are lucky, too, because they're in the middle of nowhere. I don't know the exact number on this, but
1: you have to be a certain kilometer distance away from Cineplex mm-hmm. to be able to play brand new movies. Oh. So if they are an hour away from the closest multiplex... Yeah that means they could play bros on day one. Yeah. Where you see us. We get up pretty fast nowadays, but there's this rule, which kind of makes sense because at Cineplex, you're on a million screens. Mm-hmm. And so they want to have that exclusivity for a little while. But if you're in a country cinema like the Aaron
0: you can play new stuff right away yeah and it was wild like I was in the research it made less and less sense to me like they had red carpet premieres of stuff TIFF events and like concerts and all that and I was just like I don't how is this alive like what is it's amazing like incredible that means that they have an actual old-timey community who
1: appreciate them yeah because that's once upon a time every damn small town in North America had A little movie theater. Mm -hmm. Every single small town. And now that is not true. There are still some hanging in there. It's simple economics, right? They survive because people in their community come out. Yeah. And if they have enough of a community that likes to see an indie movie every once in a while, and maybe they're like us, maybe they're thinking outside the box and do rentals and stuff like that. For sure,
0: yeah. Rentals are so important to us. So maybe they do that and do birthday parties yeah, and whatever. Yeah, they stand up comedy. It was one yeah. and like, and it seems like they all do well. And like you're right, like my assumption too was like, it's the surrounding community is maybe a little bit older or whatever. I, you know, it felt kind of cottage country ish. Right. Like it was a very quaint, cute, small ish town. Like I don't know enough about it to discuss the town itself, but it was just so it made me feel at home. Like I grew up in the country in that kind of a town. So it just felt like so cool to see that. And just, I was so happy. It would have been cool to see something there, but obviously we were on our way home and it wasn't open anyways. If I
1: ever did like a retired person road trip, I wouldn't be following around the Grateful Dead or anything like that, (laughs) but I would be doing that. I'm going to drive cross country and hit every small theater I can. Mm -hmm. I would love to do that. Gwen and I have joked about that. In the States, there's still a lot of drive-ins hanging in there. And that might be a fun road trip of start here and drive to California or something. Like Pennsylvania,
0: there's a nice one.
1: Yeah. I saw a documentary, a feature length documentary that I believe is on Amazon Prime. Yeah, at the drive-in? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's good. And it was just a little no budget documentary about this weirdo little drive-in that's hanging in there. Yeah. Mainly off of volunteer and very loyal
0: nerds. Mm -hmm. And again, in like the middle of nowhere, small town. I can't remember if that's the Pennsylvania one or not. Which, I think so. I think so. Yeah, because I follow whichever one that is. But I think I follow a couple. Like I just there's a couple on on Facebook where I just find out about a place that I'll may never get to, like somewhere in the states. But I'm just like, well, it's nice to see the reports or like we're playing this. I'm like, well, that would have been fun. And every once in a while, I will chip in on a Kickstarter, like for the Rio
1: in Vancouver. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going there frequently because (laughs) Vancouver is on the other side of the planet. And quite expensive. (laughs) But I got a t-shirt. Got my Rio t-shirt.
0: Yeah. I like doing that kind of stuff. Yeah, like I I really do feel a kinship to theaters like that, you know? And and especially like the small town one or like the one in Armprior as well. Like, you know, they're not ones I've ever been to. But I really feel like we're like this weird little club. (laughs) Oh, 100%. (laughs) And a number of
1: times over the past few years, I think because we've got our indie cinema fame and Mm -hmm. people know we've done very well with a couple of fundraisers once to get our projector and once because of the whole covid thing yeah people have contacted us because we're in the know and we have helped spread the word about various kickstarters that other places are doing and i'm sure we probably have patrons who just like you said even if they're not going to this small cinema have sent along two dollars or five dollars or bought a Mm t-shirt just because we're
0: all in this family struggling to stay alive (laughs) together it's, uh, it's definitely, like, it's heartening to see, especially in 2022, you know, like, you got to do what you can do to survive, and I don't want to look at the numbers of how many of those <laughs> oh, still God, exist, yeah. but, you know, it's nice that any of them exist, so, yeah, I mean, shout out to the Aaron Theater. And on that note, I will mention,
1: speaking of us getting publicity, oh. a little while ago, somebody contacted me and said they work as a... How did they put it? I guess like a travel journalist or a travel writer. Ooh, a travel log type thing. Yeah, and works for this company that does a series of books, a publisher, and the tag is 111 places and then fill in the blank. And I looked it up. There's 50 of them. There's a whole bunch of them. Yeah. So this one was 111 places in Ottawa that you must not miss. And maybe they're all like that. Maybe it's like in London, in Pittsburgh, Mm -hmm. in Vancouver. So this one, the writer, a person named Jennifer Bain, wanted to write about the Mayfair, but didn't just want to write the same old cookie cutter thing. And had noticed on our social media, not only our selling of seat tags and plaques, but that we did the washrooms. And she thought that was funny and a nice little story about how our patrons quickly scooped up the ladies' bathroom stalls and the urinals. Mm -hmm. And that they each had a little story around them. So I got this book in the mail yesterday. I got a copy of it, and it has this nice photo of the urinals in the men's washroom, and a little story about who bought them, and then also has a bit of the Mayfair history, but if you're interested, it's called 111 Places in Ottawa That You Must Not Miss. It's available on big old Amazon right now, and I'm sure through independent bookstores like Black Squirrel Books,
0: and... Mayfair gets a little shout out in it. Did she point out the the Glenn Humplick, Tom Green? That she time, did. She friend did. of the Mayfair, Tom Green. Yep. Well, they're both friends of the Mayfair, obviously. But
1: yeah, she. Uh, I think she actually contacted him to get permission to <laughs> republish his
0: tweet on oh, the fun. event. Oh, yeah, fun! Yeah. yeah, I forgot about that. You know, that's a very cool story within a story kind of thing. And I think about it every time I use that URL. I guess it is funny, and I do love how it started as a joke. And they sold in three
1: seconds. (laughs) There was no hemming or hawing. The three ladies' room stalls, the men's bathroom stall, and the two urinals. And then my amazing friend Sarah, who lives in Toronto and is just a fan of the Mayfair and a longtime supporter, we have a little basket in the ladies' room, which I think got instigated just because over the years we have many women working here. Sure. And it's a little basket with some feminine hygiene products in it. And- We get such lovely compliments of this over the years of just people notice it and go, oh, what a nice thing. And she, because she's hilarious and awesome, asked if she could buy the basket. So her and her husband's name are on the basket that these products are in. So that's a great story, too. I love that that this humorous slash amazing modern feminist lady was like, I'm going to buy that as
0: my immortalization at the Mayfair. I've stocked that basket over the years. I've I've had to go to the shoppers (laughs) and stock it up and hope that I'm doing the right thing because I don't really know what I'm doing with that. It's one of those things where I laugh about where
1: no matter how modern and feminist and supportive you are, you can't help but feel like a 13-year-old boy sometimes. Yeah. And I always remember that scene in American Graffiti where Charles Martin Smith is trying to buy booze And he's at the corner store, and he's like, yeah, I'll take uh, this Mars bar, and a Coca-Cola, and a Time magazine, and uh, give me a comb, and this booze. And sometimes you always feel like that. No matter how
0: old you are, you kind of have that feeling, so. Yeah, sadly. (laughs) We'll grow up someday, don't worry. (laughs) (laughs) Someday. It just makes me think of Superbad with McLovin, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. To bring (laughs) it into, uh, we're moving our modern references up. Yeah. Speaking of plaques, though, I did get to sit in my seat the other day for cartoons. You did, yeah. Yeah, that was a rare, because usually I gun for the love seat. I won't say which one so that people don't try to take it to mess with me. You heroically (laughs) gave it up to your family. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, no, I saw the love seat. I let my nieces sit in that because I was like, I don't know, you know, that's probably a fun thrill for them. And then my sister and I sat further back, but I was like, oh my God, I can sit in my actual seat. And speaking of, I mean, I'm sure you may or may not have jumped into that, but cartoons was bonkers, like a sellout, right? Yeah, it was on my cheat sheet to talk about today. So Cartoons is always
1: successful, Mm -hmm. but this is the first time we had our events.com set up for it. So we cut off sales an hour before showtime just because it makes it easier because you don't want to be wrangling that while you're selling tickets and running around. So we sold 270 tickets before showtime. Good Lord. 325 is our capacity. So that means we only had 55 tickets to sell to human beings as they walked up. And many a person is still naive to the ways of advanced ticketing. And to talk about the harsh reality of indie cinema, many times we're only selling one or two advanced tickets nowadays. The system was really set up for the time of COVID when we we were only able to sell 50 tickets or something like that. So those 55 in-person tickets sold pretty fast. We were getting people in. We started on time. Then people showed up late. And the problem was if I looked in and I saw, oh yeah, there's four seats. I couldn't give those up because those four advanced ticket buyers might have still been coming late. Yeah. Or they might have been (laughs) no-shows. And as I was saying that to some nice patron who was waiting to get in, two families of five showed up late at 10.15. And I just kind of shrugged, and they were very understanding. And I'm like, that's why I can't let you in yet, because these seats might still be there. And those people had advanced tickets? Yes. Okay. Yes, yes. They were just late because, you know, people with kids are late. Yeah. So then... Sometimes people with little kids are happy to leave, maybe even not even an hour in, because little kids don't know what's going on, (laughs) and you're like, you've got your cereal, we bought you some popcorn, you just watched two 25-minute cartoons, the end, let's go home. So that happened, and I was able to let three college-age ladies in, and they were just hilarious. They were so lovely. One of them said, oh, I'm almost crying. I'm so happy we're getting in. And they were all done up in Halloween-themed pajamas and T-shirts and stuff. So I had to... I was so happy to get them in. So our capacity is 325, but once all was said and done, we sold 350 tickets. Not because we oversold anything, (laughs) Fire Inspector. Yeah, Mr. Fire (laughs) (laughs) Marshal. But because five people would leave and then five would go in. Some people, bless their little hearts, were happy to... Missed the first hour because they were very understanding that on the off chance that a fire marshal comes in and there's
0: four people standing blocking a fire exit. Didn't a woman come with her kid with half an hour to go? She did. And you were like, if you want. Yeah, and basically <laughs> what it is, is I charged
1: her the cheapest ticket I could. Yeah. She still paid. So she watched one cartoon and ate a bowl of cereal. And she said, I figured if she said she or her kid slept in. Somebody slept in. <laughs> and then one guy came very late like with 10 minutes to go and he was like how much longer is it going and I said I think we're halfway through or almost done our last cartoon and I said just go on in stand at the back just
0: so you can see what it looks like and so we just did that but it wasn't a great cartoon either so he doesn't you know I mean it was and it wasn't you know I won't say what it was but it's like you know yeah There was that one commercial for Vincent Price.
1: I think we screened three Vincent Price commercials. I think so. One was him doing the board game with the marbles. Yes, Stay Alive. Stay Alive. I keep meaning to look that up to see if it's less than $100 on eBay.
0: I want to buy it, but I don't... Just a tattered, beat-up version for 20 bucks i'd get but. he's not even on the box i don't think so that would have been nice if he was but <laughs> yeah but yeah no i mean that was huge yeah i mean it was great just some really big laughs legit laughs just one of the yeah. stuff that you as a kid wouldn't notice or just don't you know the writing was like more clever than you realized kind of thing and stuff came up the first couple that came up got a rousing round of applause and that's always fun yeah, and I did my soccer clap at the end of a couple of them where, like, <laughs> one or two people clapped, and I did that clap, and then people were like, oh, you know, that I'll guy... i too. Yeah, well, that other guy really liked <laughs> it, you know? So, yeah, it, it's kind of funny. Like, it was about... 10 o'clock, it was kind of full, but not super full. Yeah. We'd got there at like, I don't know, like 9.30 or a, bit, a little before, you know. So, you know, it was successful, obviously, but it still felt... My sister was kind of like, oh, I, got, I thought it'd be a little more busy. I was like, yeah, I guess. And then literally by 10.20, you know, it was yeah. pretty much packed. All, all those people... I mean, it's the age-old story for us where you're just like, oh, it starts at 10, get there at 10, you know, kind of thing. Oh, yeah. And I just stubbornly started the movie at, on time,
1: but a number of advanced ticket people showed up at 10. And I was just like, well... We'll get you in as soon as we can, you know, but yeah, we always tell people like, even if you don't think it can be packed, get here 20 minutes early, 25 minutes early. You can relax, you can get your popcorn, you can sit down. You don't have to worry about rushing in here, but yeah, a rousing success. Not a hundred percent official yet, but we're pretty sure the next one will be for the holiday season. A Christmas special themed one. Amazing.
0: Yeah. No, it's always it's always a lot of fun. And no, this one was great. It was a three-year wait or whatever. <laughs> Maybe God, yeah. Know. Well, the last one was supposed to be March whatever
1: 2020. We didn't screen it because COVID happened. And just the way we were all so dumb and naive during the early COVID, I remember being like, oh, well, we're closing down the 15th, but I think we'll still have time to squeeze in this round of cartoons in late March or early April, if we have to delay it. And then that didn't happen so much.
0: No, but I mean, hey, good things come to those who wait. The room people, the cartoon people, the Rocky people, that hasn't happened yet, but you know, soon. We've sold out Rocky Horror. Nice. Nine o'clock on Friday. Okay. The
1: Halloween nine o'clock show is about to sell out. Okay. If you want to come and you don't want a bigger crowd, some of them are a bit less packed, but yeah, Friday night sold out. Halloween night at nine is going to sell out. So if you want those tickets, I'm not just saying this as a (laughs) thrifty businessman trying to sell more stuff, but it might be a good idea to get those
0: advanced tickets because you might be out of luck to buy them at the door. Yeah. On your carnival barker type thing (laughs) going on here. And we're not playing on the actual Halloween, like Monday Halloween, right? Or are we? We are, yeah. We so are, okay. it's no. Friday, Saturday, Sunday is the 30th, Monday is
1: Halloween. Okay. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah.
0: I know Monday is Halloween. That's the one thing I know for sure.
1: Yeah. So Sunday is no Rocky Horror, but we can get into talking about this now. We do have a ton of Rocky Horror stuff. Sorry, we have a ton of Halloween stuff leading
0: up to the final week of Guys, Halloween week. we're so excited about Rocky Horror. You just think that's everything nowadays. <laughs> we're going to make so much money. Oh, oh my God. God. We hope. <laughs> it has to pay for all the years that we weren't open or <laughs>
1: whatever. Yeah, and all these screenings lately that are getting three people. Oof. So that's the counter. It's like you just got to have high hopes that, okay, we're getting some screenings with just three people, but then cartoons and Rocky Horror in The Room are on the horizon. So that's kind of counter. And even... The retro Halloween stuff has been getting like 100 plus people. Oh, awesome. Yeah, so that's like Texas Chainsaw got 110 people. Oh, that's amazing. So that's good too. So the week of Friday, October 21st through Thursday, October 27th, we are screening three brand new non-Halloween Ottawa premieres, a Sundance jury award-winning documentary called Descendant. And it is about the descendants of the survivors of the last ship that carried slaves from Africa to the States. Oh wow, jeez. It's supposed to be really good. It's a about that fascinating, horrible lineage of yeah. people living in present day United States who can trace back and be like, Yeah, my great 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 grandperson was on this slave ship. Jeez. A lot of people think it's gonna be one of the Oscar contenders for a documentary this year. Yeah, wow, that's amazing. Then, another Audible premiere, what I think looks like a good old fashioned thriller called The Good Nurse with Jessica Chastain and Eddie Redmayne. It is about a, I think, not based on a true story, but loosely based, like you see on Law and Order. This is not <laughs> based on a true story, but loosely based on true events. Don't sue us. But it's about a nurse slash serial killer oh. who hid within the medical profession for a number of years. And his thing was killing people who
0: were in the hospital. But not like, oh, this is a bad guy. I'm going to kill him. Just like, I'm I'm insane and I'm going to kill these people. Yeah, the person didn't have a knife in their chest. (laughs) It was done through medical means. Damn. Just like stepping on the tube. for. Yeah, putting in a little
1: bit of a bad mix. Eddie Redmayne is the villain and Jessica Chastain is the hero as soon as I saw the trailer, it's one of those things where not in a bad way, but you kind of know exactly what's going to happen, but it's still kind of that edge of your seat of will
0: they get away with it? Will she survive? That kind of thing. So she's the good nurse and he's the bad nurse? Correct. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Wow. All right. That sounds good. We like them. They're they're both great. It could almost be Halloween month. It's a scary movie, kind of. Yeah, there's deaths, you've implied. Yeah, yeah. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) It sounds like Halloween 2, basically.
1: Yeah. And then I'm excited about this one. We have the Ottawa premiere of confess fletch oh yeah with john ham who is way more hilarious than any handsome man deserves to be true and speaking of you mentioned Superbad. it's from the director of Superbad. bad oh. and paul the alien movie with right. simon pegg and nick frost good movie and it is not a remake at all really i saw ham on colbert kind of tiptoeing around this because you know, Chevy Chase is maybe not the most beloved comedian anymore. The successful Fletch movie that Chevy Chase did, from what I understand, kind of really delved away from the heart and soul of the book it was based off of. Mm-hmm. So this Fletch movie is much more based on the series of books that came out. I think there was nine or ten yeah, of them. Yeah, there's quite a lot. Still comedic, but a bit more more with that murder mystery detective story in there as well yeah not as goofy the comedy is a bit elsewhere it looks really good i kind of trust john ham like whenever john ham's in something i'm like i trust that when i saw he was in top gun i went huh huh that's interesting and ed harris too you know he's, yeah, he's yeah.
0: A, generally he picks pretty good projects you know so you're like yeah, all right you got the stacked cast all right and just that we live in a world
1: where the mayfair gets to host the ottawa premiere of a movie starring two Oscar winners in The Good Nurse and big shot TV star and cool movie star John Hamm, that wouldn't happen once upon
0: a time. Well, yeah, and like it's a Netflix movie, right? Or... Good
1: Nurse is Confess. Fletch is not. It's okay. just an
0: independent movie. Interesting. I don't know why I thought Fletch was, but either way, I, I was surprised because it, it, I didn't think it would really get a theatrical release, or at least here. Like, yeah, we basically asked. It's one of those things where it's like, we want this movie. Yeah,
1: and it's good because it it shows you how hard it is. Like this movie from the director of Superbad, which mm-hmm. was pretty successful, starring John Hamm multiplexes weren't interested that's so
0: it has great reviews though that's so i have not seen a bad review for it
1: and one of those things where people who were fans of the
0: books Mm -hmm.
1: have high praise for it yeah true so that's always nice because sometimes adaptations are tricky and sometimes you got to go way far away from the book (laughs) but even this i noticed some big shot nerds like neil
0: gaiman and Patton. We're saying yeah. nice things about you know, it. That's who I read because someone, I think it was him, was talking about how there's sort of references to some of the other books in it as okay, well, like yeah. kind of like Easter eggs for fans of the books, that yeah. AKA stuff I wouldn't notice. Right, right, right. <laughs> but still, like, I definitely have seen a lot of people just raving about it. And yeah. And I mean, they
1: wanted to do a series, and mm-hmm. even if it does really well at the Mayfair, that might not be enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the,
0: yeah, the one, the Ottawa premiere saved the series. <laughs>
1: yeah. But it seems like, who knows, maybe in this world we live in maybe we'll do really well on indie cinema slash streaming and it's a no budget movie or low budget
0: movie and maybe ham will be like yeah i'll do another one for scale yeah maybe we can do this like the terrifier 2 effect kind of thing but with us and and confess fletch this fledgling theater is going to bring it back
1: i never want to say this but it looks like something that especially for ham May work well as a TV
0: series. Yeah. Something like that. I don't know. A prestige one, though. You yeah. Know? Like yeah, the, yeah. the fancy ones that are like <laughs> six to eight episodes max. Yeah. And
1: so then we are in the trenches of Halloween month. So much cool stuff this week. Here we go. So first of all, we have a silent film live band presentation oh, of yeah. Nosferatu. Lee pointed out it is our first ever centennial screening. Man. A 1922 film. 10 years older than the Mayfair, which is always (laughs) mind-blowing. Makes you feel old, sort of. And this is a band called Death Ships is performing Mm. the live score, and that is on Friday the 21st and Saturday the 22nd. This podcast will be up before then, so if you're listening right away, you can still come see it. Friday night might sell out. Saturday night still has some tickets, so if you want a bit less of a full house, grab those Saturday night tickets. Super fun. Always great when we do this. It... Just feels like time travel to
0: hear live music with a silent film. Yeah. Doesn't happen every day. No, uh, yeah. We're coming Friday because we apparently have plans Saturday. I thought we were coming Saturday. Like friends of mine are going Saturday, but ah. it's, it's not going to work out. But, you know, we'll have representation Friday and Saturday in good, a way. Good. So like that, they were sure to buy tickets. And plus, I hope Death Ships named themselves after the movie Death Ship. Can't, you can ask them. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I won't actually ask them, but you know. if, if it It's funny to- you mention that though.
1: I tried to get any member of the band on the podcast yeah. and couldn't
0: mesh schedules. Because they're dead. There's z- That's oh why I assume God. it's like a zombie-type band. I never like, thought of that. We died on a ship 100 years ago. That'd be cool. Yeah, actually, that ship that Nosferatu comes over on. Does, is he on a ship? It in, all makes sense. Yeah, pretty sure that's an accurate statement. So I'll, I'll
1: find <laughs> out Friday, I guess. You know what I realized about Nosferatu? And this sounds silly, but I mean this. Remember the old days of Blockbuster Video? And this company is still around that did stuff like Snakes on a Train and Transmorphers. Yeah, for sure. And the exorcism of a person not named Emily Rose. Isn't it Asylum? Asylum, yeah. Nosferatu is essentially an asylum movie because it was done by filmmakers who did not get permission from Bram Stoker or the publisher, used the exact same story, didn't use the word Dracula, (laughs) and just did another movie. And I think that's so hilarious that it was essentially a ripoff movie that is now considered this highbrow classic, but it was totally just done on the quick for the money by people who didn't want to pay for permission from Dracula.
0: Yeah. And it's so good. Yeah. Oh yeah. So, I mean, and, and also funny too, is like the, I think it's the 72 version of Dracula, but the Spanish one, yeah. they, they did, they shot them like at the same time, the English and the Spanish. Oh yeah. And a lot of people think the Spanish version is better. So it's sort of funny to me to think of these, alternate draculas that are as acclaimed or more than some of the dracula versions the official versions you know and i love the willem dafoe one Oh yeah where yeah. the gag is he just really is a vampire yeah, shadow of the vampire oh that's so good yeah that's one of cage's favorite movies too so oh he, he loves he's a huge fan of nosferatu and gothic stuff i don't know how i was able to get that back to cage but and he's doing a dracula <laughs> yeah that is true in march that's basically now yeah it's oh, only like five so cool. months or something however time works
1: So then we are screening an auto premiere of a movie from 2007, the anthology movie Trick or Treat. Oh, yeah. The story behind it is interesting, horrible for the filmmakers, that when it came out, it was one of those movies, kind of like stuff like Cabin in the Woods that came after it, which kind of, it sat on a shelf for a while. So it sat on a shelf. Nobody wanted to release it. I don't know if something kicked off, like, oh, some other anthology came out and flopped, and so we don't want to try So it went straight to DVD in 2007. So still in the age of the video store. And that was it. It never got a theatrical run. So this year in 2022 is the first time this movie has ever been on the big screen, except for a couple of film fests back in 2007 or so, 2007, 2008. Mm -hmm. So it really is kind of this horror fan favorite and I love that we've got the
0: Ottawa premiere years later. Yeah, it's so good. And I mean, the filmmaker went on to do Krampus and a couple other things. You know, he's and, on the Godzilla series, isn't he? Yeah, that's what it, I, I knew he was working on something. Krampus always big cool. and wild. It's kind of fun that like these guys are getting those types of opportunities. Same with like uh, Adam Wingard doing Godzilla versus Kong one and two. Yeah, stuff like that. You know, where they're they're sort of like cutting their teeth on these fun indie horrors and then getting these insane budget type things yeah and i think it was this guy
1: i read an interview where he said i think he did he either wrote or produced or he did one of them and he said you really don't feel any different it's not like you see a big pile of money beside you Mm -hmm. you're still waking up early you're still behind schedule you're still tired you're still cutting scenes because you don't have time to do it you just are doing it with a million dollars or 150 million Mm dollars and so he said you don't really feel it except for you have a lot more crew members
0: and more people doing special effects for you. More accountability also. Yeah. That tends to be the toss up even where some of these guys, you know, don't prefer it at that point. Yeah.
1: You do a little movie and there's not a lot of people bothering you. I've heard that a lot where George Clooney will do some little movie and he goes, that's the catch is they gave me a couple million dollars and they know they're going to break even with HBO sales and a little bit of independent screenings and that kind of thing. But if I was doing a $100
0: million movie, then people are bothering me. Yeah, there's an accountant on set at all yeah. times, basically. No, this but Trigger Tree is awesome. Like one of the best Halloween anthologies, one of the best horror anthologies. Period, you know, like it is just a fun movie, really great cast, great effects. Sam is an iconic character, not the shadow cast Sam, but he's also an iconic character, actually. You know, to see it on the big screen would be amazing. Yeah, I'll pull that off. It is a a tradition. And yeah, I'm shocked that it's never had a theatrical release. (laughs) Yeah, it's crazy. And then finally, we haven't done this in forever. We are doing a
1: one night only Halloween double bill, two for one. Wow. Wow. And everything. So we're so bad at business, we're not even charging you more for this. This is a regular ticket price admission.
0: We are screening The Exorcist and The Shining on Tuesday, October 25th. Long movies, too. You're getting your full monies. Well, I don't know about Exorcist, maybe not that long. But Shining, you know, that's... uh, Oh, no, we're not messing around. Both these movies are over two hours. Okay, that's what I thought. So you're getting your four plus hours of entertainment. Yeah,
1: and we haven't done it in a while. We've screened these movies. But double bills don't traditionally do well in the long run. So prove us wrong because yeah. <laughs> what often would happen, and I remember this with Die Hard and Die Hard 2 and a couple other things like that. where like
0: Chainsaw 1 and 2, Psycho 1 and 2.
1: We would get, even not sold out, but just really well. Like say like 225 people for the first show. And no kidding, it would go down to 40 people for the second show and then three or four people would come who just wanted to see one movie. And it's so weird because in the old days, people would just stick through and watch two movies. So now, whether it's because we've got no attention span anymore or people just got other things to do, we don't usually do double bills. So we will be interesting to see how this one does. I think it will do very well, but it's that intermission. Do 100 people leave at the intermission? But it's it's the classics. Exorcist of the Shining, we play every year. Yeah. They never do not do well. <laughs> There's always a new set of eyes seeing it whether it be high school students or carlton students who are coming for the first time who Mm -hmm. were didn't see it because they were 16 a couple years ago and now they're 18 as a asterisk again
0: there's no rating system, so anybody can come to this. Oh, interesting. Yeah, and plus, like, we got to pull out the gigantic Jack Nicholson head poster. Exactly. That's, uh, <laughs> he stays in the basement for a year and then gets trolled out, you know. Barely big enough to fit in the candy bar. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's so, yeah, that's classic. It's it's awkward to get up, but it's amazing. Also, it's terrifying when you walk in there and you're you're not expecting a bigger-than-life-size Jack Nicholson head. And it's just a poster. It's not a movie poster. Yeah. It's the kind of thing you would have bought at a record
1: store back in 1981 or oh, something like that. like Rock that. Junction
0: or something. Yeah, in the back. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know you would fit it. Most bedrooms don't have that much space in there. But... No, it reminds me of those, like, I was looking at a few of these French kind of, I don't know what you call quad posters or something. Oh yeah yeah yeah. And they're just massive. You wouldn't be able to get a frame for them unless it was a custom thousand dollar frame. And so it's like they're very cool curios, but it's like, what are you tacking that up on your wall in the basement? We have a Pixar Brave banner that was sent to us.
1: And we can't put it up. There's nowhere to put it because it's 18 feet long or something. So we have it in storage because I don't want to like throw it out, but It's a collector's item now. Yeah, we can hang it on the outside of the
0: building. Oh, my (laughs) God. That's about it. For about two seconds.
1: Uh, Okay, so that's it. That's our third Halloween week with three Ottawa premieres, Descendant, Good Nurse, Fletch, and then a bunch of awesome Halloween stuff, Nosferatu, Trick or Treat, Exorcist, The Shining. So plenty to see whether you are a horror fan or a scaredy pants. Our
0: last full October week, I guess. Yes. So you got to come out. I don't know. You know, I don't have to convince you guys. You, come see you, everything. You know it's the best and it's going to be fun and next week there'll be more fun and well, the week after that it'll be more fun. The fun doesn't stop. It never just, stops. It's you just know, the horror-centric fun.
1: I think we already have two films booked in early November that could have been Halloween month movies. So that, yeah. that's kind of the joke with Halloween month or special screenings is it doesn't sound humble to say but we're just always doing
0: the most special things we can. It's true. So. <laughs> Plus, uh, you know, Lee's movie will be premiering soon enough. Soon,
1: yeah. If not in he might wait and do it in january or february just because okay. november december is busy but if it's not ready to go it's almost ready to go
0: yeah i figured december might be weird i thought maybe november because he wouldn't want to do october yeah, but you yeah, know yeah. january makes some sense too soon soon yeah yeah so get hyped
1: so thanks for listening everybody you can find information about upcoming movies at MayfairTheater.ca and on all the social medias and we look forward to having you back in here to watch some awesome movies on the big screen soon Bye, everybody.
0: Bye. Bye. Oh, I watched the new uh, Halloween movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Amazing. I thought. Good. Yeah. Half the internet hates it, uh, much like Last Jedi, which I also loved. So things are going as they should. Somewhere between science and superstition, there is another world. (laughs) The world of darkness. Nobody expected it nobody believed it and nothing could stop it there are no experts you probably know as much about possession as most priests look your daughter doesn't say she's a demon she says she's the devil himself i'm telling you that that thing upstairs isn't my daughter I want you to tell me that you know for a fact that there's nothing wrong with my daughter except in her mind. You tell me you know for a fact that an exorcism wouldn't do any good. You tell me that! The one hope, the only hope, the exorcist.